You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26er family? Welcome to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and this episode features part two of my conversation with Chief of Operations at New York Theological Seminary, Lanier Thomas. The second half of this interview picks up after Lanier's one-year suspension from Virginia State. She returned home to New York, devastated as anyone would be, but she found employment and started to ride it out until another opportunity presented itself at Morgan State University. Instead of sitting out a whole year, Lanier made the switch and did whatever it took to make up for lost time. She would go on to graduate with a BS in business administration and would later earn a master's in strategy and leadership from NYU. On the professional front, Lanier's taken on roles in both the nonprofit space and corporate, while also pursuing entrepreneurial opportunities as an event planner, project coordinator, and social media strategist. And all of these experiences have prepared her for exactly where she is right now. So here's the rest of her story. So, you know, I was dating a guy at the time who was, you know, back back home. And I remember him coming with my mom and they're like packing me up. And my mom was just, she's just, she's just such a, you know, a, a person that's like just very persistent and just determined to make sure that that we're taking care of. So she's like, no, we're writing letters. We're going to the office. So she tried to go and talk to the dean and she tried to talk to this person. And they were like, you know, no, we, we're just, you know, we're not with any kind of violence. And the way that the, the, the young lady described the story and the neck brace. And I was like, do y'all really think that I did all of this? Like, let's be honest. Look at my grades. Like, what do you mean? But you know, the answer was no, 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 no. And I remember saying to my mom, I was not supposed to be here. Mm. I was not supposed to be here. Um, And I cried the whole time. I cried six hours back to New York. I just remember crying and my phone was blowing up at that time. I forgot if I, I don't, I think I had one of those um, flip phones, those uh, singular, when singular was a thing. Oh, you um, took it back with singular. Listen, okay. And I just remember just being so, so ashamed and feeling like, all right, I'm gonna have to go home and, and flip some burgers. Like, I just can't, can't continue on. Um, And I'll never forget, my mother was like, you cannot blame yourself, right? I've been sick and you've managed to get yourself to college. You know, of course, she paid for things. She she made sure my dorm room was decked out. She made sure my books were were paid for. But the the planning, the strategizing, you know, in times with college, usually some people, I'm not saying everyone, but, you know, you may have a person in your corner kind of helping you pull all your things together, right? Your essays and your applications. I really had to do a large part of that alone. And she said, you have to give yourself credit for that. You have to, you have, because when I was too weak to do that, you stepped in and you were able to really do that for yourself, Lanier. That that speaks volumes. And I remember hearing her and just like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm a failure. I can't right. believe I did this. Because I know that even though she was saying those things to me deep down, I know her heart was broken. And I know she she was disappointed because she wanted and expected more of me. And I, and I felt that. And so I remember, you know, coming home and just being so down. But, you know, I, I'll never forget. I, I woke up. It was probably like two days later. I, my mom let me sleep 
and stay locked in my room and cry it out and 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 go through all those motions. And at that time, I was always I grew up in the church. You know, my, my both my parents, both sides of my family, very very heavy in the church. And so I was always writing letters to God, right? Always writing letters, and you know, I wasn't fully aware of you know where I was with my spirituality, but I knew that I was going to write a letter to God. And I remember just writing a letter like, "What did I do wrong? What did I do to deserve this happening to me? All my friends are at college and they're all having a good time, right? Um, and everybody's life is perfect, um, but I'm here struggling, and all I wanted to do was." was try again. All I wanted to do was give give this school one more chance. All I wanted to do was push through and see through um, and not be too messy. And here I am in the biggest mess that could possibly exist in anyone's life. That At least that's how I felt. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, what do you... You're going to have to do something. So, you know, I got a job. I, I started working at Radio Shack. And, and then I got a second job. I started working at Macy's. So now I'm working two jobs and I'm coming home every night looking at college applications because even though I was going through that moment and even though it was kind of like, you know, you know, being laid out on the ground and feeling like I have nothing left, there was still that part of Lanier that was like, no, there's more. There's more. You you got to push. I, I I saw images of my grandmother, you know, moving and pushing through. and so with tears and snot and all, you know, my hair looking crazy. I was still on that computer, you know, trying to figure it out. And so I remember just like all of these schools, they say you can't have a suspension on your record. And what am I going to do? And I'm just going to have to settle for a community college Um, and nothing against community colleges. But I just had my mind fixated on, you know, being at an HBCU and having this grand college experience. Um, and I went through that for the entire fall semester. Um, but my mom, being the woman that she is, that is a mighty woman. You know, she prayed, she pushed. I definitely had other people in my life. I had an aunt. Um, my best friend's mom was super supportive at that time, you know, and so I was super grateful. But I never forget, you know, I, my mom said, go ahead and apply to Morgan State. Go ahead and apply to this school and that school. And we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you're not going to give up. You keep working those two jobs. You keep saving money. You keep doing what you're doing. We're not going to give up. And I remember that next year in January, um, it came, you know, spring semester was was coming around and I was like, all right, I'm getting real anxious. I don't think any school is going to accept me. I don't think any school is, is going to call me. And I remember my mom saying she had wrote a letter to Morgan State and and was was going to speak to, I think, the provost at the time or someone. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, they're probably just going to want to know the situation. And once I tell them they're, they're going to be done with it, you know, I'm going to have to, to, to settle for something else. And lo and behold, you know, my mom, she got on that phone. And the next thing I knew I was on the phone and they was like, Lanier, we're going to take you and, Mm. you know, come on down, pack yourself. You have two weeks to get down to, to Baltimore. And I just looked at my mother and she was like, an angel to me. Like, you know, I was like, (laughs) like what? I I couldn't, I couldn't process that moment at all. It it was like, wow, wait, what's happening? And it, it happened so soon. You know, it's kind of like they say, you got to be prepared for what you pray for. Right. Um, In that moment, I was like, 
I'm not prepared. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to school in two weeks. Like, what? I got to quit my jobs now. And again, my mother was like, you did this. You you pushed through. You worked. You did not give up. You did not stop. You did not settle. Um, you you cried through it. You you know, you had your tantrums. You you know, you felt like a failure. You felt like you weren't going to do anything and be anything. But I saw more in you and God sees more in you. And you had the resilience and the fight to see more in yourself, to want to get up and try every day. And I hadn't looked at it like that at that time. I just felt like, no, I need to do whatever I need to do to not disappoint. Um, but in high, you know, hindsight is always 2020. And looking back, it was kind of like, wow, some people aren't able to bounce back from certain situations and they aren't able to, you know, continue to thrive and and push and excel and exceed. Um But I was able to do that. And I'm just so grateful for everyone that was around me at that time that that showed me love. And, you know, even the people that didn't, it it taught me something about them, too. Um, But even I had to learn how to be proud of myself. And that was the part that I think was probably the biggest lesson out of everything. Um, That instead of sitting around trying to make everyone else happy and you know, wanting to to make sure that everyone else was pleased with what I was giving um, and who I was being, I had to I had to be proud of myself, and I had to honor my own back to you know honoring my own needs and my own wants and my desires and staying true to that um, and not worrying about anything else. So, so yeah. now thinking about getting to Morgan State, you had the experience of Howard being your first choice, like this is where I need to be, to then going to Virginia. And like it just not feeling right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. When you got to Morgan State, did you feel like I'm home? Or yeah. okay. So yeah. you had a great experience there. Yeah, I got to Morgan and I just felt like, yeah, this is me. This is more my speed. Um and you know, all the schools are great, right? Oh, absolutely. But I think it was the mindset that I came in with probably helped that a lot. Um, because I knew it was a second chance and I knew that, you know, I couldn't mess it up. Um, but Baltimore, the city itself, um, and the people, it just felt everything kind of lined up. It was just like, you know, I, I got the job at Starbucks working right up the hill. Um, and you know, they were kind of like, okay, we'll give you as many shifts as you want. Um, I was able to, you know, talk to my advisor who didn't want me to take 18 credits because they felt like it was just way too much. Like, no, most people stay around 12, 15. Like, why are you going to add three more? Um, But they were supportive and was like, if you think you can do it, go ahead and do it. Um, And really, you know, I met a I met a guy who, you know, is, is, is still in my life to this day. But, you know, we connected in a way that really kind of helped me process all of what I was going through and look at it in a, in a different light. Um, all of my professors were just amazing. Um, I feel like they knew <laughs> my situation, but they never made me feel any kind of way. Um, always had the opportunity to take on extra assignments and do extra work. I really, I, I bonded with, a, with so many amazing people there. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know if it was because of the the mindset or the setting or the people, but it just felt different. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like, okay, all right, I'm on, I'm on the right path. I'm back on track. Um, and I'm never letting anyone else or anything else, 
um, get in the way if it doesn't honor, you know, what I desire and what I want for my life. So, yeah. So you work pretty much like full time. Yeah. Almost. And then took these 18 credits to graduate on time, essentially. Right. To make up for the lost time. Yeah. I, I ended up having to still graduate a year later. Um, but I would have it would have taken me longer because, you know, what I learned was that, you know, at that time, Virginia State's business school wasn't accredited. And so I mm. ended up losing credits. So not only did I lose time, but I also lost credits. Um, and so I could have been further behind. Um, but yeah, I, I worked really hard just to get to that one extra year instead of having to do two extra years. So coming out of school now, after all of these challenges mm. um, and coming out with your degree, what did you envision for yourself post-graduation? Um, I knew that I wanted to, you know, just again, move away from, from my neighborhood um, and get out of that. And so, you know, I, I stayed with Starbucks for a little while longer. Um, and I said, you know what, I, I really want to work in a community. I really want to work with, with young people. Um, because I knew that there was a story that I could tell, right. Growing up in, in the situations that I grew up in, um, and the family dynamic that I grew up in, I wanted to be able to support and guide someone who I wish I had at my age, at that age, you know? And so my, my sister was a student at, um, Harlem Children, so not a student in their school, but she was a part of one of their uh, after school programs in their meter arts program because my sister, um, she's in theater now, but she's always been into, you know, drama and, and theater and the arts. Um, and so she was going to the program and I remember her, you know, introducing me to a couple of folks and I was like, wow, like this is what I want to do. I want to work in a community with the young people. And so you know, I somehow, you know, ended up with a job working there and working with um, high school students in their media arts program. Um, and, and I still kind of was navigating, right, that space. Like I knew that there was something entrepreneurial there. Um, I knew, you know, I had a business management degree. So I knew I wanted to, you know, infuse that with business, but I just wasn't quite sure. I was kind of feeling my way through um, because again, it, it went back to honoring what I wanted and who I was and not all the expectations of all of these, you know, things and people, or at least my perception of what expect of what people's expectations were of me. Um, and so, you know, navigating that space, I got to a place where I was like, okay, I know what, you know, I want to do. And, and so it was marketing, it was event planning. Um, and I kind of navigated along that way. I didn't know how I was going to do it because I was past the age of interning anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I didn't know a lot of people that had those type of connections that I could use. Um, but that's where I kind of fell into this picking up these odd jobs and trying to see how I could create experience where there was none um, and create opportunities for myself, you know? So I became that person that didn't turn down an opportunity to work on someone's event or work on someone's social media or create, you know, uh, some type of digital content for someone. I kind of put myself out there to to try to be a Jane of all trades and, and doing any and everything so that I can put myself in position um, to do what I'm doing right now. Um, and that didn't come easy because like I said, I just, I didn't, I didn't really have a roadmap. I, I didn't know I needed, I know that I, I wanted to do this specific thing, but that I had so many other passions and desires. 
Um, but you know, it wasn't fully written out for me. It's not like God was like, okay, here's your plan. This is the way you're going to, you're the way you're going to go. Um, so it did require me having to, you know, research. I mean, I got on Google and I was just looking up job titles and job descriptions and trying to figure out which ones felt like me, which ones felt like attainable, um, or which ones felt like they would be challenging and push me mm-hmm. um, beyond what I thought was possible for myself. It, it took a lot of me, you know, emailing people and just cold calling and just giving it a shot. You know, you know, such and such that may know such and such. Is there an opportunity for me to be your assistant, even virtually at that time? You know, or, or can I do some free, you know, freelance work? Or can I work for you for free? It was a lot of that. Um, because I, I, at the, I just wanted to, again, create, um, a space around me or, or at least put myself in position to where my, my actual gifts and my actual talents could be realized in a real way, um, and in an authentic way. And so, yeah, it, 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 once I got into the motion of, you know, having opportunities or searching for opportunities or or putting myself out there as uncomfortable as it felt to talk to people and kind of be willing to to do extra work, still being involved with NCNW. So still, you know, having that network of amazing women working in a community, um, things just started to roll. Things just started to pick up um, and, and God kind of started opening doors for me to where, you know, I got to the point where I am now um, serving in a position that I have right now. Um, and it was because it wasn't because of, you know, this linear, this straight path, right. Immediately after college, um, especially, you know, during that time we were coming out of reception recession when we all graduated. So we all were kind of like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to work? Um, but that I definitely had moments where I, I actually took nothing home. Um, from doing a project or I actually lost more because I had to pay to get there. I had to pay to eat and I still didn't get paid for the job. Um, But that God put me in this position to where, you know, I'm able to, you know, serve and give freely of who I am and what I have um, so that other people's lives are impacted so that other people can, can realize um, their visions and their dreams and kind of bring that so that you know we're all sitting here serving and and giving things that that help other people and that that allow other people to manifest their own visions and their own ideas for their lives so yeah it, it has not been easy whatsoever but i think that is that discovery and rediscovery piece that's connected to that so that such important question you asked earlier who is linear it's it's a whole journey it's absolutely so, so tell me how, uh, the opportunity came up. I'll, I'll let you decide whether you want to say where you work, but how the <laughs> opportunity came up now at this faith-based organization going from Harlem children's zone, we didn't even get into your foray into corporate, uh, pharma, but mm-hmm. how, you know, yeah. so how, but how did the opportunity come for you to move into this faith-based space? Wow. Um, so you know, um, I'm I'm a member of a well-known church here um, in in Harlem, um, and so I was I was working for the first lady at the time, the pastor's wife. She's a pastor herself, so I definitely will will um, acknowledge that. 
um, powerful woman, amazing woman. And I was doing some social media for her, doing some work. She was, you know, doing a women's conference that year. And she was also coming out with a book. Um, And so these one of those instances where I was kind of like in a space where I just want to I would I just want to do things for experience to kind of build myself. Um, And I was working at, you know, you you pharma at the time working at uh, Pfizer um, and doing administrative work and just being just so unfulfilled um, because it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't my calling. I was in corporate. I was definitely comfortable. I had a really great salary, amazing package. Um, I was, you know, uh, operating one of the early drug discovery labs down on 29th Street. Um, So it was me and a team of 15 scientists who were published and well-known. And so I was, I was, I was cushy. I was good. Um, But I knew it wasn't, you know, where I wanted to be. Um, And they had offered me different, you know, jobs and titles where I could, you know, grow, um, but that just, it, it, it just didn't feel authentic to who I am and who I know, um, God, you know, was pushing me to be. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is not really it. So I put, I picked up one of those, you know, odd jobs working for my pastor. Um, and I'll never forget, I got an email from her assistant at the time. And, and it was like, you know, she wants to see you on this day in this time. And I'm like, oh my God. What did I do? What did I do to the pastor? Oh my God. Um, and I remember her pulling me into the office and saying, you know, I'm looking for support and your name came up. And I was like, hmm? how did that happen? Um, and I remember just being so confused, like me, why me? What did I do? Um, and so, you know, we started working on projects, started doing things together and she was interviewing to be to to be president of of uh, New York Theological Seminary. That's where I work now. Um, and she, you know, she said to me, you know, I'm I'm looking for an assistant. And so, you know, if you're interested, you know, think about it. And I was like, uh, okay, you know, I'm in my cushy little job. At that time, I had transitioned to you know a, a public affairs firm um, downtown on 14th street. So I was still in that cushy space, like, okay, well, we'll see. I just got this job. Um, just, just got this job. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna pray on it. (laughs) You know, church folks, they like, let me pray on it. I'll get back to you. Um, and so I was like, all right, we'll see. And so she, she interviewed and, and they loved her, um, rightfully so. And she got the job. Um, and I remember a couple of months later, she called me, and she said, you know, um, I really want you to think about this. And 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 I want you to take it a step further and think about a, a job description and a job title. Mm. And I said, oh, um, okay. Now here I am. I'm comfortable. I'm enjoying where I am in my my life. It's not where I ultimately want to be, but I was I was okay. I was content. And here goes that nudge, right? Where it's like, uh, wait a minute, if somebody offers you an opportunity and tells you to create your own job title and your own job description, would you say no? Would right. you walk away from that? And I fought with that for a really long time because it was like, but I just, I just finally felt like I, I, I got settled. And so I remember praying on it and I called Lena. Lena was one of the people that I called and I was like, I need to think this through. And, and she said, you know, follow your heart. You, you know, you know what it's telling you, but she, you know, she made me sit and think, um, and say, if you're being called on 
in this time for this specific thing in this specific season, there's a reason, my dear. And that kind of just took it for me because I was like, wow, for me to have the the journey that I had to get to this space, you know, being a person who sat in the balcony of the church to where the pastor recognized me, um, I don't take that for granted, right? Um, and so I followed through with it. And, you know, I, I joined her and um, I joined the office of the president. And it, it kind of, one of those things where it was kind of like everything was natural. Everything started to flow. Um, coming in and kind of seeing all of the things that I wanted to support her with and to make sure that she was settling in, you know, coming in with a new administration that's tough to do in any institution, in any organization, in any environment. Um, and so I, I was able to kind of support her, but also, you know, realize that there were things operationally, um, things um, when it comes to, you know, the communications and marketing that that needed to be restructured and needed to, to be fixed. And so it was kind of like all of those odd jobs that I had, right, all of that experience that I had, you know, working with people, networking, working in the community, my work with NCNW, you know, the the other organizations that I'm a member of and I, that I've served um, with, it was kind of like, this was a perfect opportunity for me to kind of release all those gifts and, and kind of put everything that I have been working on to the test um, and actualize them in a very structural um, way, right? Um, and, and it led up to, you know, her calling me and saying, you know, I have more for you. There's, mm -hmm. there's something else. I think that it's time for you to, you know, step away from, from being my assistant and step into this new position. And I was just like, what, me, what, me, are you sure? Chief of operations, I ain't no COO. What does that look like? Am I, is that really me? Um, and, you know, again, she said, pray about it, think about it. And it was kind of like, will you really say no? Um, if, if, if you are being seen and you are working and you are putting yourself out there and this is what you've prayed for and this is what you worked for and you've gotten yourself to this point, Lanier, like, why would you turn around now? Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, you know, this, this is, this is confirmation for me. Um, and, and, it's not something that I talk about, right? You know, I didn't pick up the phone and call a bunch of people um, because I knew at the end of the day that the, the, the title was just the title. It's the work that really matters mm -hmm. um, because that's just, you know, th that that's what I've come to realize through everything that I've been through all the odd jobs and working in pharmaceuticals and then working in public affairs. Um, that was not so much the title, but it was, it was the work. Um, but my line sisters talking to them recently, who they've just been such a supportive, um, group of women just pouring into me. Um, they said, no, you embrace that title. You embrace being a chief. You embrace um, being a director. You embrace that because even, it, even though it is about the work, you know, that that title, those words speak to the position you play in that work. Um, and that 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 rocked me because I was like, wow, you know, that that wasn't something that um, I even thought about or even expected to hear. Right. But it was something that I had to kind of say to myself, OK, Lanier, this goes back to you, you know, 
being proud of you and you appreciating how far you've come and how hard you've worked um, and how you've managed to get to this very dark moment where you did not know <laughs> what tomorrow was going to bring and if you were going to be flipping burgers for the rest of my life as I definitely was about to go over to Burger King <laughs> or McDonald's because I like the fries. Um, but to be in a position where, you know, your work, right? Nothing was handed to me. It was kind of like I had to work hard. I had many sleepless nights in the office before I got to this position. They are working until eight o'clock at night, planning an inauguration with over a thousand people, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, all of the different functions of the office and that, that things were flowing many, many times where, you know, I got to the office super early and I didn't sleep well because I was trying to, you know, brainstorm and strategize how things were going to flow, you know, within the next six months. Um, and it's not like she, she asked me to, but I knew that I had been put there for a reason. Um, and my reason was to serve and make sure that, that she was, you know, she had all the support that she needed and that the institution was moving in the direction that God was calling her to take it in. And so, you know, I had to appreciate that and and honor that and and say, okay, this is a time where I get to celebrate myself because I, listen, y'all put in the work. I put yeah, in and, the work. <laughs> and it's important to, to, it's a couple of things here. And I think a lot of people struggle with these cushy gigs in corporate, like well-known organizations and they've got opportunity because talent makes room for you. Right. And mm. and when you have talents and you're doing a job well, that is rewarded. But I think sometimes we get bogged down with the opportunity is in front of me. I know what I'm doing. I'm not fulfilled in it, but it's lucrative right. and I'm good. So let me just stay here yep. and not recognizing those opportunities that come that marry your talents with your purpose. Yeah. Which then it's not, it's no longer, I always quote Reggio say, uh, the late host of the Combat Jack show, who would say when he was a, mm. an attorney, it felt like, you know, a, a push. It was, he had to push to get yeah. it. But when he really got in his lane in media, it was something that pulled him. Yeah. And that, that's the difference, right? That's, it's one thing to stay until eight o'clock for a company you really don't want to be at. And it's another thing mm -hmm. to stay at eight for something that really drives you in a way. Um, and draws you in a way because it's tapping into what you are purposed to do. Absolutely. And I think where people don't get, it can get murky for people is I know I'm purposed to do this, but I'm not making no money off. Of mm. it, right. So I'm working for Ooh. free. This is not, it's not clicking or people are asking for my resources mm -hmm. and my talent or my time, but they can't pay me. Not realizing that you have to discern for yourself. Like yeah. you talked about, you've got to figure out for you, is this something that I'm called to do? Even if it's not, bringing money to me right now, because there are things, there are seeds that are being sown and it, it really takes a level of discernment to be able to say, okay, the money's not there, but there's something there that's going to add to my arsenal that prepares me for the big opportunity that pays and is in purpose. That's it. Um, and I think your story really, really speaks to that. Right. And even mm -hmm. like we talked a lot about leaving uh, Virginia State because you had to. But what I find mm -hmm. interesting as well is the accreditation piece. Now, listen, okay. I think they got the accreditation piece together right now. Well, I think amen. Well, bless God for that, right? Yes. But, but, yeah. like, but this speaks yeah. to, you know, something, it felt like a detour, like you were sent away, <laughs> but then going somewhere, which That's really it. fell squarely in what you wanted to major in, 
with yeah. the appropriate accreditation. Now it took some time to get, you know, get that time yeah. back. But this is why I firmly believe, even when it feels terrible, everything is nudging us into everything. the direction of where we're supposed to be. Every mm -hmm. instance is really pushing you everything. towards. And it's hard to see that. And sometimes it doesn't come full circle for a while. Even the errors, the errors, Nikki yeah. said, even my errors are correct. Even the things where it's like, should not have done that. Right. It all works together. It all works together. And that's all, that's really, that's really what the space that I'm in now is appreciating that. All of the, all of the mistakes, all of the setbacks, all of the struggles, um, all of the sickness and the death I can't tell you how many times, you know, I was in, in the hospital. I slept in ICU when my mother was sick. Um, you know, I, 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 I fasted and prayed, you know, when they said she had cancer and then leukemia and then needed a new kidney and her pancreas, like it, having that moment, you know, seeing, seeing my father work himself and, and try to do better um, and, and everything else. There's so many other instances in my life um, but to see all that work together and to see how it's kind of given me a very unique perspective and a very unique outlook, um, and, and, and having that sense of, of purpose, not wanting to wake up and work at a job where I'm just collecting a check and I'm not, I'm not serving or I'm not impacting or I'm not helping someone realize their dreams or, you know, someone tap into their purpose. I, I can't envision a life like not doing these things um, and having a testimony. I, I, uh, everything you said, it speaks to that, right? That, that whole accreditation piece, it, I didn't think about it, you right. know, when I was there because I was, I was, I'm like, okay, I'm here. Like, okay, we, we going to figure it out. I'm, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to, I'm going to stick by it. You know what I mean? I'm going to stick by me. Right. I'm going to stick by it. It's, it's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a see this through. Right. Um, but not really fully understanding the impact that that could have possibly had on my career, the impact that it could have had on me and my outlook and my desires um, in life. Um, and then for God to say, mm -mm, we're going to do it my way. Um, and, and, and yeah, you may feel like this is a low moment, but this is just the valley for your mountaintop moment. Right. And, and I want you to know the difference so that you can appreciate the mountaintop moment even more. It's like, wow, like, OK, all right. This this is what the comeback feels like. This is Absolutely. what this is what being able to have a testimony feels like. You know, you go to church and you 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 hear the old, old, old times of the church, the old women um, and even the, even the elder men talk about what they've been through, right? And and talk about their testimony, how they how they overcame and how they got over and all those songs that we would sing and that I grew up singing. And, you know, you you kind of don't really, you can't really connect to the story because you you, you don't really know what the person went through and you can't really imagine. Sometimes it's like, you know, my I, I was out there on that stuff and, and then you're like, okay, well, all right, but you got over, you overcame and Jesus is good. But to actually live a life where you were at the lowest of lows, um, to actually have, you know, all of these mistakes that you feel like you made and to sit back and say, no, God, God was with me the whole time. I had my grandmother with me the whole time. That wasn't, that wasn't a failure. 
um, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, 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 a disaster. I didn't die. You know, I, I didn't end up on drugs. Um, I'm not out here, you know, running around, just, just losing myself all over the place. Everything that happened, it, it, it was designed in a way for me to set up to be where I am right now. Um, and I can just, I can just appreciate that because I know there are so many people who are out there who are trying to figure it out who are probably beating themselves up for something that they did 20 years ago um, or 25 years ago, you know, or 30 years ago, so on and so forth. They're probably, you know, not sure if they made the right decision when they did a certain thing. Um, and it's something that, like you said, it's, it probably won't be, you know, realized right now, maybe not even in a couple of months, but it's always, you know, somewhere down the road, you kind of look back and you kind of just smile and say, wow. That happened for a reason. Um, and, and I have purpose and and I'm living that purpose. And I'm just grateful that that I have the opportunity to do that when so many people aren't. For sure. Now, we've talked about a lot of hardship and a lot of disappointments. But before we let you get out of here, describe a time when you had to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Wow. You know, um, that is a difficult question for me to answer because I'll say this, Delisha. Um, I don't I don't know if I have this hero, that that hero moment where everything culminates to the single event, <laughs> this single occurrence. Um, I honestly have to say, and I, I don't know if it sounds cheesy or corny, but I think every day for me is me pushing to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. There is not um, a time that goes by where I'm not sitting here thinking about how can I maximize on my potential? How can I maximize on my time and my energy? Um, whether it is me, you know, thinking about family or thinking about friends um, or on a professional level, I think every day um, I try to wake up with, with the mindset that I, I have to do something purposeful um, and I have to, I have to, uh, tap into whatever God has given me to, to, you know, give out. Um, I've been through a lot of things. I have so many different instances and, you know, so many, so many funny moments with events and, you know, projects that I was working on or presentations that I had to do and, you know, getting a shoe stuck in the rain puddle and having to run home with no glasses on uh, that I can't see because my eyesight ain't great. Um, and showing up to an interview drenched and soaking wet um, and them, you know, seeing my potential. I have so many of those kind of stories, but it's every day for me, honestly, um, where I'm kind of like, you know, God, what what is it that you you have me to do today, right? What am what am I supposed to uh, uh, change, transform, shift? You know, how can I be of service to someone else um, and and support someone else in their dreams? How can I honor my my own self care um, and and showing up for myself? You know, when you've been through so much and and if you struggle with a lot of the things that I struggle with, kind of you know, my own self-worth and honoring myself and understanding my own needs. Showing up is an extraordinary thing because it's, it, it does take so much. It can take so much, so much energy. Um, and I'm, I've learned to embrace that more than, more than anything else. Um, because, you know, when you're so used to, to 
just moving through life, right? Um, with the blindfold on and just trying to trying to make it through. Um, it takes a lot to take that off and turn on the light and look around you and see where you are and start to pick up the pieces of the things that you dropped along the way because you didn't know better or because you were you were holding on to too many of the wrong things that you let the right things fall out um, or you didn't have someone to properly guide you. So yeah, I, it's every day for me. It is truly every day for me where I am you know, trying to figure out what what it is that I'm called to do and how can I live that live that out fully and authentically and, you know, just me. And that's a good place to end. <laughs> All right. So, so where can people find you online? Absolutely. So folks can find me on LinkedIn um, at Lanier, L-E-N-I-E-R, uh, the letter L for my middle initial, Thomas. Um, or they can head over to my website, which is Lanier. Um, and, you know, my, my nickname is L. So people call me L-E-L-L-E Thomas.com. So that's LanierThomas.com. They can find me and shoot me a message and check me out. Awesome. Well, I told you this was going to be good. <laughs> was it good? It was, it was good? good. It was good. Oh, I, I, hope, I hope that, you know, folks, you know, just just hear it and find something in there that resonates with them, or at least can, can say that they know someone who's had a, this kind of testimony and, and can apply it to, you know, another area of their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So thank you so much thank for joining you. us here on the show to yeah. our listeners. I say this every week. If you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Yes. And if you have young people, especially who are struggling in the academics department or trying to find their way mm -hmm. in college and feel like they're off the path, send them this episode. Uh, encourage them with the story and, and they yep. can have a, a shining example of what it means to have a detour, but still get to the destination. And once you've done yeah. all of that, you know what to do. Remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26th. That's December 26ER.